You know what? I think we're going to be friends. Spoilers ahead. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Callum. And welcome back to 1001 A Film Policy. To tie in with Friday's review of La La Land, we've decided to pick our top three uh, recurring acting partnerships. The rules were to pick two actors who've appeared in at least three films together. These on-screen partnerships are often started when actors develop a mutual admiration for each other, which enhances the chemistry of their performances. From romantic interest to comedy duos, we've compiled our favourites from movie history. My first um, pair of people is a man and a woman. Um, Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig. Who, so they're, they're obviously both SNL alumni. They were both on Saturday Night Live at the same yeah. They were there at the same time. So, that's, so it's evident that they're actually genuine friends. If you watch any Saturday Night Live skit featuring these two, you're more than likely going to see them, one of them breaking character and laughing at the other one. So they just know how to make each other crack, really. And, and for a period of time, they sprung up in a few comedy films, uh, Adventureland springs to mind, and so does Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're an actual couple in Adventureland, from what I remember. And then the one scene I always think of is that scene where Jesse Eisenberg's being chased by someone and then he runs <laughs> into Bill Hader's office. And yeah. then Kristen Wiig passes Bill Hader the bat. Yeah. And he just turns into a, a maniac and <laughs> chases the guy away. I really like that scene. Yeah, it's a good that's a good scene. But um but there, there's also a film called Skeleton Twins, which I watched not long ago actually, which is which really spotlighted their sort of dramatic acting skills and, and since then, uh, especially Bill with Barry, they both dabbled in more dramatic stuff. Um but I'd say the, the friendship that they've built up over so many years really does help with the authenticity in that film and the fact that they're both so good at improvising also probably helps so their snl background definitely does does assist them with that um and they create a believable relationship and i think i've said i think they've actually said that they're almost like brother and sister in real life and uh-huh. so that definitely shows in that, that film they just seem to get on if you watch interviews with them it's quite nice to see yeah no i've i remember um what was it called the skeleton twins yeah um i remember that film coming out i've not seen it uh is there a scene where one of them's in the bath yes it's quite, yeah. it's quite depressing yeah. yeah um i remember it coming out and they were doing like the do you know when people go around they go on different chat shows and talk about it and stuff like that i remember them talking about that and i think maybe both of them were on it all um, oh, right and this is the sort of time that i think it was the, i'd seen bill hader in a few things but i don't think kristen vega she's everywhere now but i don't think maybe at the time i'd really spot her in many things i think she i think bridesmaid already bridesmaid, yeah bridesmaid. yeah come out but i think she's quite they're both quite big from snl in america that's where yeah. she she was quite a she stayed a while on, on snl from what i know uh, that's a good pick um thank you i never really thought of them um as being a duo yeah no good one that. Good i enjoy duo. that um snl is definitely one of these things that um is, is seems to be quite a big thing in american culture doesn't it but um yeah and it also seems to be a thing that that um, produces quite a lot of comedic duos, doesn't it, really, when you think about it? All right, then. Um, my number three um, mm-hmm. is another male-female duo, um, which is fitting because, obviously, La La Land was, was just that. Um, and it's Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper. Beautiful. Yeah. So they're in four films together. Four? Mm. As many as four. Uh, they're in American Hustle, which we did an episode on, which is uh, Lost... Um, lost in space. Lost in space. Uh, one of your favorite films, Silver Linings Play, 
Silver Linings Playbook, yeah. uh, and they're also in Joy and Serena, which sound like sisters. <laughs> it's elderly aunts. Yeah. Um, so they started off together in Silver Linings Playbook, um, in which Jennifer Lawrence won Best Actress. So she knew something was going well. Um, the, the chemistry between us, her and, and Bradley Cooper, especially romantically, um, I always thought was very authentic. You could feel the heat during some of the dancing scenes, which obviously shows that a really good match. Uh, they had less to do with each other in American Hustle, um, which is a film, um, like I say, we've we've done before and we and we discussed. But uh, Bradley Cooper was more involved with Amy Adams in that film. Jennifer Lawrence was more involved with Christian Bale. She played his wife, very hostile wife, um, yeah. or volatile, shall I say? But she, uh, they they both stood out in that film. Um, which at the time I think we said was a very good perform. Well, it was very performance strong, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, well, definitely. Wasn't the strongest film, but uh, yeah, the performances were great. I've seen Joy. Um, I watched it when it first came out. Can't really remember a lot of it. I do remember that it was about a Wonder Mop or something. Um, Mop or something. Yeah, yeah I barely remember she it. Became like a big business tycoon, didn't she? Um, she plays a businesswoman. He plays um, like a business executive so again yeah. i don't think they have a massive relationship in it but um it's again a different a very dynamic it's a very different relationship to what they've had in the two previous films though yeah um and i've not seen serena so i've not got a clue um, i have any good no all right well in summary then uh, with the exception <laughs> of silver Lines playbook um the less sort of on-screen partners uh, than some of my other picks um but they've had a variety of relationships that when they're on screen together, they're always they're always good, and I, yeah, I enjoy it. Um, I, I do, too. do more. Me too. Every time I see them in a film, I think they're just going to be a couple in it. So, but when What's they're not, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, for, well, like Joy and Serena, uh, not Joy and uh, American, American Hustle. Hustle. Not, yeah, yeah, they didn't didn't kiss. Didn't kiss. They weren't even. They weren't <laughs> so, even. I was like, come on, involved guys. in any sort of way, were they? No. Yeah, it's weird. Are they in Serena? They are. I think there were a couple in Serena. All I remember about Serena is there was like a a leopard or something that was like that was attacking a town. It was bizarre, or like a lion. It was like a weird premise. I really liked Silver Lines play, but I think that's the best performance. Um, oh yeah, by by a, both a, of them, a, a, a mile. Yeah, by ten miles. I am so much crazier than you. Keep your voice down. I am just the crazy slut with a dead husband. <laughs> I'm going for Jason Siegel and Paul Rudd as my number two. Um, so quite unpretentious so far from me. So are you proud of me? Yeah. Um, <laughs> although we discussed Paul Rudd in the last episode. We're both big stands of his. Yeah. Um, and Jason Segal, um yeah, I, I do like him. Um, I like I, him too. I wish he didn't look like someone we went to school with. But <laughs> it is strange. It's off-putting. But anyway. Especially in forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. That scene. Um, anyway. These two guys have featured in several films together, primarily in the Judd Apatow comedy universe. So obviously Jason knew um, Judd Apatow from Freaks and Geeks. Um, and Paul was, I think, probably met him when he was cast in 40-Year-Old Virgin, but probably already knew him being in, I don't know, has he been in things with Leslie Mann and things, Paul Rudd, probably? Back in his day, I don't know, I didn't really look into it. But they both knew Judd Apatow and they were put together. Um, they were first seen together, I'd say, and knocked up. But um, I don't remember them sharing too many scenes in that film, but in the sort of semi-sequel to that, This Is 40, they do share a fair amount of scenes together. Although, this is weird, I strangely watched an interview with Jason Segel recently where he claimed that Chris O'Dowd is his best friend 
and and they actually spend most of that film together in scenes, as opposed to Paul and Jason. It's Chris O'Dowd and Jay, uh, Jason Segel trying to woo Megan Fox, if you remember. But yeah. they're best mates in real life. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, that is a very strange one. What a strange friend mm. friendship. But that, this is 40 is a brilliant film. I like it. It doesn't get mentioned amongst no, it, the other it Judd doesn't at all, films. but it should. I, I do like the, the whole Judd Apatow... I'm not going to call it the Judd Apatow universe because they're not in, until later, but his films all have a similar feel, don't they? Yeah, they, yeah, they do. They're very normal. There's, they're not... I don't know how to explain it, really, but um, there's, there's a lot of good films he's done. Um, and he, he uses a good pool of actors as well. He does use the same lot of actors and, you know... Yeah, that is sort of a universe now, with This Is 40 being in the same universe as Knocked Up, and I think a few others have been yeah. sort of uh, referenced in, in each of the films. But, yeah, of course it is. But um, in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, anyway, I think they that's where you first see their natural chemistry quite effective in, in that one. But Paul Rudd's only in a supporting character in that one, and he appears in a handful of scenes. So you can <laughs> see that they're both entirely on the same page, and I'd say their scenes are some of the funniest in the film, because they just I think they just improvise quite a lot of it. Um, but the big one for me is obviously one of my favourite films of all all time, and it's the one that made me pick this duo. Is of course, I love you, man. Yeah. Um, love you too, Cal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, that's that's me getting you back for that fucking get out joke last week. They share the screen throughout this film, and you can tell at this point, as it was after Knocked Up and Forgetting Terry Marshall, that they've developed quite a off-screen sort of relationship, like friendship as well. You can certainly see that if you watch any of the press tour they went on to promote this film. Um, as well, they they just took over interviews. There's one with this British guy. Have you, I don't know if you've seen it, where they just I don't know. They seem like so. heads talking. To him. <laughs> the British guy doesn't know what to say. Really, he's lost for words. Um, um, it's a funny one. It's worth watching. That you'd interview. have a lot of fun with them too, wouldn't you? I think. Yeah, yeah. I think I think what helps is they're similar ages, so they have the same reference points and stuff. And yeah. um, but but the characters they they play in this one seem quite natural, really, and true to them. So I can imagine that this is almost how they would actually interact if there were no cameras around. Yeah. Maybe Paul Rudd would be a little bit less awkward than, than his character, Peter. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that's my second pick. I like those two guys. They work well together as a joke. They haven't done any films since, really, that I can think of since this is 40. I Love You, Man. It's a great film. and It's a film I've always associated with you because you always used to go on about it. Um, and it's a very good film. I watched it the night before I got married, actually. There you um, go. But anyway, um, maybe you'll watch this as forty when you turn forty. I, I they, definitely will. They do have landmark. That's what Judd Apatow does. He does landmark things, doesn't he? He produced. Did he produce Superbad as well? So that's what we watched in high school. Yeah. It's it, they. It's all his films sort of relate to a time in your life. Yeah. Hopefully not for your virgin for people, but yeah. the other ones <laughs> like someone. Right. You you've got someone pregnant. Okay, that's a moment in your life. Yeah, you get married. Up, yeah. You've turned forty. You know, I don't know if he had anything to do. I love you, man. But um, it's just, yeah. um, it's just his his experience, isn't it? He, he obviously, people say write about what you know. Yeah. Um, well, yes, yeah. he is doing. I mean, I mean, specifically with knocked up in this four, he, he basically puts Paul Rudd in his in his life, doesn't he? Yeah. Because he puts him with his family. It's bizarre. It's, it's like voyeurism. Yeah. It's it's quite strange actually. <laughs> it's voyeurism. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. You've been cuckolded by uh... yeah, by Paul. <laughs> yeah, very strange. But no, good pick. I know, I never really again never really thought of them as a Jew. Obviously, I just thought they were in the same films. <laughs> I don't know. I know. I, I thought, apart from my my number one one that I picked people who aren't really considered duos but more appeared in a few films together and I think they've worked well uh, together as 
in films together, basically, that you wouldn't yeah. think of. I, I've specifically gone for just established duos, really. That's fine. Chuckle Brothers next, then. <laughs> well, you could call these pair the Chuckle Brothers. Um, it's Al Pacino and John Cazale. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I wanted to stay away from franchise films or sequels or whatever. Um, but I'm going to sort of try and explain why I think this could be an exception to the rule. Purely just because of how their relationships differ in the first God, two Godfather films. Um, and because they didn't have enough time to do any more films. Unfortunately, John Cassell died. Um, so basically in the first Godfather film, the more sort of loving brothers uh, sort of relationship going on for the majority of the film. Um Mikey, as Fredo calls him, has just returned from uh, his time in the army and, and they're quite familiar with each other and quite friendly um, compared to how the rest of them are as a family because it's more of a business than a family a lot of the time. Um, yeah. It does turn more sour towards the end though. Um, Michael sort of takes over the family business and Fredo sort of feels a bit overshadowed um, and, and Michael sends him away to, to Las Vegas. I think, yeah. I can't remember. Um, so that's the relationship with the first one. The second one, um, it seems to have healed a little bit. Um, Fred is more of an underboss now to Michael. Uh, there is sort of more of an underlying resentment, though, um, from John Cassell's character. Um, spoiler alert, he betrays him. Um, he ends up getting taken on a little fishing trip with Michael's personal assassin. But, um, but I just think that the way they are with each other in that film um, definitely sort of when Mikey first comes back um, I don't know why I'm calling him Mikey now um, <laughs> but he in. first comes into the family again and, and then sort of to how it ends is I don't know, it's, it's obviously a huge transition but um, I've said it again and I'll, I've said it before I'll say it again sorry we need to do The Godfather um, well maybe as well as those two films uh, they're also in Dog Day Afternoon together which is another one of my favourite films um, it's on my favourite film letterbox yeah. as well yeah it is <laughs> two actors relationships in that film are completely different they're basically looking to, to rob a bank and it goes tits up John Cazale's character is a little bit up and down in that one he's prepared to kill all the hostages at one point wow. <laughs> um, wild Al uh, character is a bit less uh, volatile he's trying to keep it together sort of thing he's the wild um, card yeah, <laughs> yeah he is but I, I do like the contrast between the two in that film uh, and obviously Al Pacino's outstanding in that film uh, yeah, you can really, really, really feel the pressure that his character is under. Yeah, um, I think that and Godfather, they're my two favourite performances from from that guy. I'd say from Al, yeah. from what I've seen anyway. I, yeah, I think I think that he's he's assisted by uh, John Casale in, in these films. Um, yeah, I don't know. He seems to sort of get a sensitive side out of him, um, even when he's playing sort of a harder character like he is in in The Godfather. Um, he, he's he, obviously he's, he's playing the head of a of the family um, but he's, he's still quite sort of sincere and sensitive and Fredo um, while staying firm with him and I don't know I just feel like it's it's it's, it's a relationship that you can imagine they've, they've got they've got a good one off screen as well um, yeah like I say I, I do think that if if there'd been more time um, they would have made more films together but John Cazale probably if he'd if he'd had a a bit more longevity, obviously. <laughs> it's not his fault he hasn't. Um, he, he he definitely would have been held up there with with some of the greatest actors because of just the films he was in. Um, didn't, haven't you told me like nearly all of them were nominated for best picture or something? Every film he was in, yeah, every single one was. Yeah, Deer Hunter as well, wasn't it? Just Deer Hunter, the conversation, yeah, conversation. conversation, yeah, I think that's it. But yeah, um, it's pretty pretty mad that fact. But yeah, you probably don't think of these two as a duo, 
because obviously the Godfathers are within the same thing, but um, fuck it. It's our rules, yeah. isn't it? Well, they work on... Well, it's just about how you think work on well. Like I say... They work well on screen my, my main point, though, was that, however, they are in the film, they sort of have a, have a five, five sort of, a quiet five minutes together and it sort of changes how they are. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know how to explain it really, but there's a, scene I'm, yeah, there's, there's a scene I'm thinking of in my mind where John Cassell sort of losing it a little bit in Dog Day Afternoon and then Sonny, Al Pacino's character, has a little word with him and sort of calms him down. And there's a similar sort of relationship with uh, Michael and Fredo. Every time I think of the name Fredo, it reminds me of that episode of the IT crowd where <laughs> Jen gets Frodo and Fredo confused. <laughs> Uh, it's quite funny. <laughs> uh, well, they both end up on a on a little boat. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So so far, I've basically picked comedic actors from the two thousands and two thousand tens, haven't I? Really. So I'll I'll bring a little bit of pretension back to uh, normal services resuming here. Really, with my last pick, which is John Cassavetes and Peter Falk. Have you heard? Do you know these men? I know John Cassavetti. Yeah. Um, he was a director, wasn't he? Obviously, mm-hmm. um, and Peter Falk is Columbo. But this one, I'm, I'm bending the rules a bit. That is sort of cheating. They do appear in three films together, but in the film opening night, Peter Falk literally just pops his head into shot at the very end and doesn't say a word. No. <laughs> He's like, "Thanks, John Cassavetes." But well, I'm counting. It. I think they work so well as a duo. And John Cass- Cassavetes directed Peter Falk in quite a lot of films as well, so they're still working as a duo, even if. He's not on screen in some of them, but I don't care. It's our top three. I'm going to just add it in anyway. Um, but I've spoken a lot about um, improvisation um, with, with my other picks, and, and these two are considered probably the godfathers of it. I think John Cassavetes really shines the most in films he's made along with his buddies. He, he was sort of like the Adam Sandler of his day in a way, just casted all his mates in his films with him. All right. Um, Sort of, uh, but they they first met in the fifties while they were both starting their acting careers in New York, and then they became sort of they sort of made this group known as the Cassavetti's Repertory Company, which also included Ben Gazzara, who was in Buffalo '66, who we talked about before, mm-hmm. and a guy called Seymour Castle, who's been in a few Wes Anderson films. I'm not sure if you didn't recognise me. He has a big moustache. Peter Falk featured in a few of his uh, Cassavetti's films, including Husbands and Woman Under the Influence. Um, and like most of the duos I picked here, they just seem to, to get each other. Mm. They're both uh, passionate about creating sort of like authenticity on, on camera and like unconventional films. Um, the film that I think really showcases their chemistry, though, is Mikey and Nicky, where they play like sort of cons who used to be mates, but they've sort of drifted apart and they spend the night together while one of them's on the run. Um, it's really good, actually. I think you genuinely would like that film. It's a yeah. certainly film, so it's quite gritty and stuff, the type of film you'd like. A bit like a, Al Pacino or someone would be in it, really. But um, the film has largely improvised, allowing them to fully embody their characters and just uh, you know create a natural sort of air on, on screen. Um, but it just seems like two guys who've been through quite a lot together, really. Um, and in every film I've seen with the two of them, they just seem like your two uncles that will just go sit together at the family do getting smashed, really, or reminiscing about things. Come on, don't be mad at me. You got all the friends. You got all the money. Did you have to do that to me in front of some dumb bitch to prove you got all the women? I didn't know that was going to happen. Honest to God, she screws anyone. The thing is with these duos is that they're not necessarily. You can you can tell they're a good duo because of 
how natural it sort of seems on screen. I don't know. Yeah. Um, like the main idea was with uh, with um, the, the the reason for the top three obviously was Emma Stone and and Brian Gosling. Yeah. Um, and I think with especially in La La Land, um, it just seems they just complement each other well, don't they? Yeah. And that's it's... what all of these character, all these actors do. Like we've talked about so far, they just sort of complement the other person and. It's, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say now. No, that's like, I know what you mean. Because there's some films you're watching there, like two, they just you can just tell that it just, just doesn't yeah, work. Does it? Role, main they, yeah. Um, I think the film we're going to watch next time, The Apartment, has a partnership that, that apparently is works very well, from what I've heard. And I think I think it improves the film as well if you look up a little bit about it and you find out that they had fun making it as well yeah and they enjoyed it and then what well, you, you see like the, the the interviews and stuff like that when they go around together and they have five minute interviews and making each other they've laugh got good chemistry with each other stuff, yeah and um i think it goes a long way that sort of stuff yeah i agree with that and and it's nice to see them popping up in, in you know films with each other in the future like yeah and i quite like that aspect of it as well really i haven't really gone for a highbrow one because my That's next right. one's probably Probably more of a double act <laughs> in a little, in a weird way. Um, I've gone for Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Yeah. Which, if you said to some people a duo, they'd probably be the first one to pop in people's head, especially if you're British. Anyway, I'd say after the Chuckle Brothers, yeah, after the Chuckle Brothers, or Adam Deck. Deck, yeah, Dick and Don, maybe Dick and Don. Then, um, then, 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 then it's them, the Duckworths, Vera and Jack. Yeah, Philip Scott. Oh, no, we better <sighs> not mention him. Yeah. Tyrone and Fizz. Uh, Zig and Zag. <laughs> Sooty and yeah. Sweep. Yeah, Bodger and Badger. Yeah, loads. But <laughs> I get what you mean. They're, they're, yeah, when you're thinking of films, you do think of them as a duo, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Every, every, right, I, I can I can imagine everybody of a certain age in the UK has seen Shaun of the Dead or, and or Hot Fuzz, at least. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so you're fully aware that these two are good friends. Uh, they're also in World's End together and Paul. Um, Correct. The first three films is obviously the, the Cornetto trilogy. Um, it's I know it is obviously, I want to stay away from franchises, but those three films, they don't sort of continue in any way. So yeah. I think they're a, quite a bit of an exception to... They're, loosely they're very loosely linked, aren't they? Yeah. They're loosely linked. They're, they're a loose franchise. They call them the Cornetto trilogy, but apart from the different colours. There's nothing else holding them together, is there? There's nothing else that any of them have in common, apart from no, the same just, director and those two are the main actors. It's just like a Wes Anderson film or something, really, or a Christian yeah, exactly, Tarantino, yeah. but he likes using the same guys. and Yeah, it's completely different stories, though, yeah. each time. Well, these two, they go together like um, Salt and Pepper. I don't know. Do they go to Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. If you want. Needle and Thread. That's another one, I think. I don't know. I'm just thinking of things I could hear an old woman say. Um, but basically, Simon Pegg usually plays more of the main man. Uh, and F- Nick Frost is usually more of a lovable sidekick. Yeah. Um, they, pr- like I say, predominantly featuring together in, in Edgar Wright movies. Movie-wise, and they started off in Shaun of the Dead, um, which is basically the long-time best friend dynamic. Uh, it was quite natural because uh, they've worked together in space. Um they seem to be each other's comfort blanket in that film, I, I seem to think. Yeah. Um, Simon Pegg plays more of a hopeless romantic turned action star towards the end of it. Um, and then uh, Nick Frost is 
bit more of a dim-witted sort of <laughs> happy-go-lucky type. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it's a good contrast. It works well together, um, considering they're under threat from the zombie apocalypse as it's going on. In Hot Fuzz, again, it's a similar-ish pairing, but it doesn't feel worn at all. It doesn't feel done. Um, it doesn't feel like it's already been done, if you know what I mean. I'd, I'd perhaps say that this is when they've sort of come into their own a little bit more. Um, and it's, it's personally my favourite of their films, Hot Fuzz. Yeah, um, I, I like Hot Fuzz. I think I, think I prefer Shaun of the Dead, personally, but well, yeah, I really like Hot Fuzz uh, is a very, 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 very close second. Yeah. They, they could interchange, really, on some days. Yeah. Um, World's End's all right. Um, it's worth watching, but it definitely doesn't live up to the previous two. I think I think with World's End, it's the fact that they they swapped the roles really because you bastards. That's my next line. Oh, is it? Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) but you would think Nick Frost would play the Simon Pegg character in that, really, judging on the the previous two films. Yeah, go and say a line. I'll cut out. No, listen. (laughs) Um, I was I'd written down their dynamics are switched up quite a lot in this one with Peg taking a more light-hearted role and Frost being the more serious, uh, less comic relief sort of type. Perhaps this is why it didn't work as well. There you go. I I think it must be because broad thought for people. Nick Frost has a more affable look about him, whereas Peg. I don't. Do you know what? You might disagree with this. I don't think Simon Pegg's that good an actor. Um, I don't think he's. I can see through him a lot, a little bit. I don't know. I, I think Nick Frost is definitely stronger uh, in terms of that. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I but don't know. I I just don't think. I don't know. I like. I think if something's good in Shaun of the Dead, definitely that's his best role. I'd say he's he's a. Uh, he's not as funny as Nick Frost. I don't know. I, I think in Shaun of the Dead, he's the funniest character. He's my favourite character, Shaun. Do you think? I, I really like him in that. I like I liked Ed. Um, maybe when I was a bit younger, but I've got as I've grown older, I've gone to appreciate Shaun more. I just I don't know. He, maybe he's, maybe he is funny. watch it again. Yeah, he is funny if you watch it. In, in Paul, sorry. Um, I, I I remember that being a pretty good film as well. I, I I haven't watched that for a long time. Um, mentioned before with obviously Chris and Vig and Bill Hader. Um, I definitely do think that the duo works best with with Frost being the more more lovable sort of friendly fella, and Peg's yeah. the main the main guy. If you know what I mean. But yeah, no, definitely a good duo. Um, I don't know if they'll ever do something again. Maybe see, it's it's more Edgar Wright than them two. They've been in other films together since you know not that weren't directed by Edgar Wright because they were in. Oh, Paul wasn't directed by Edgar Wright, was it? They're in Tintin. Um, and then they're also in Ice Age 4, but I don't know if they were together on that. I know that Simon Pegg quite, plays quite a big character on that, actually. Yeah. Um, but they're also in a film that came out a few years ago called Slaughterhouse Rules. Yes. And I think they were both sort of, they interacted at least in that film. I've seen that. I, Have you seen it? Talking, no. Shite. You, you gave it one and a half stars. <laughs> yeah, one of the worst films I've ever seen. Oh, dear. Yeah, I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't interested in that to be honest, but it's more. I think it is generally more more Edgar Wright than them too. Um, Possibly being busy with wanting to do his. What's he doing next? He's doing. I don't know, but he's just. What did there. Edgar Wright do last? Did he do last night in Soho and last the Sparks Brothers documentary? Yeah. yeah, last night in Soho was all right. Like, <sighs> like you said to me, if if you're going to have Matt Smith in it um, as that sort of villain, then it's just going to remind you of the BBC. It what it very much felt yeah, drama. Said, like a CBBC show. Like yeah. yeah. I don't know, it was weird. I agree. That's, and obviously know? it's uh, Dame Diana Riggs' last role, isn't it? Um Yeah. Oh, okay, bringing it back to Bond. All right, fine. 
I didn't say Bond. I didn't say Bond. I didn't say Bond when you mentioned Hot. When we I haven't about mentioned Hot anything either. about David Lynch. Well, there we go. They're also in Mr. Bean. <laughs> Who is Nick Frost and Simon Pegg and Rachel Stevens is in the same episode and Mackenzie Crook and Peter Andre and Jim Broadbent. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell? What the fuck? Tony Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> They're in an episode of Mr. Bean. Jesus Christ. Oh, it was for comic relief. Oh, it right. makes <laughs> much more sense. I was very confused then. Um... That's fine then. Do anything from the shop? Cornetto. That's it from for me and my top three. Unless you've got something more to say about anyone, I've just got some honourable mentions. Really, I don't know if oh, you, yeah, of you have. Oh, about that. Go on. Um. So one that nearly made my list was Bill Murray and Jason Schwartzman, who <laughs> obviously that has quite a lot to do with Wes Anderson, doesn't it? But um, I think they just work together well. I think Wes Anderson always like makes his adult characters seem like a bit childish and the younger characters more put together in comparison and I think quite a good example of that is in Rushmore which um, is probably the, the film they spend most most of their time together on um, but I would like to see them both in a film together maybe both being the main two guys in a Wes Anderson film again with them too anyway I don't want to go through all the big ones really but obviously you mentioned Pacino and Gazzali but there's Pacino and De Niro isn't there yeah uh, that's quite a big one but also De Niro and Pesci yeah, of um, course. It's quite a good duo. I don't see Pacino and De Niro. I know obviously they're in films together, but I see them more of, as rivals than duos. They're like, yeah, they're, what's the word? It's, it's a fan-made rivalry. Obviously, it's the, the, the age-old question, isn't it? Pacino or De Niro. As we know, you're De Niro and I'm Pacino. So, Correct. Um, yeah. Genuinely, I think I, I could swap either day, though. I could watch a, a good De Niro film and I'll say him, and I'll watch a good Pacino film and I'll say him. It, it, it's so close, I think, with those two. Yeah, um, I think I am solidly Robert De Niro there. Um, I'm very much on the fence, but lean more towards Al Pacino. Um, if you if you had to base it on films, comedy films that they've made, <laughs> then it's who would you, who would you prefer? <laughs> yeah. Obviously, a big one is Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, although I've only really seen them in Good uh, Will Hunting, really, so I couldn't really include them, but they are in a few. I saw him in the, uh, the, 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 the night one. What's the the one recently with they're both in with Adam oh. Adam Driver in it. Oh yeah. The last jewel. The last jewels. Yeah, I've that. seen him in the last jewel, but they're, they're in, in that new seen. that new new one, aren't they? Yeah, they're in oh, are as they? well. About a Nike shoe or something. Oh yeah. Um a classic one is Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter. Uh, yeah. <clears> you can't really think of many Tim Burton films without them really like the, the although they're not really in the bigger ones really when you think about it together. Um, they're in like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and things like yeah. that, but but they're not really in uh, uh, the bigger uh, ones. Um, Sweeney Todd. Yeah, they're in Sweeney Todd. Yeah, um, but it's him and Winona Ryder in Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. But um, the Corys, so Corey Feldman and oh, Corey yeah, Hyde, yeah, I forgot classic, that, classic duo. Yeah. Uh, there was a period of time where Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson seemed to be in everything together, uh, but I like him most of Wes Anderson films, obviously together as a as a duo, yeah. and also meet the. Meet, does he meet the parents? That meet, I think he's yeah, in both meet, of them, isn't he? The parents is definitely because that's sort of the main plot, isn't it? That he's like the guy that comes yeah. over and he's who the parents want him to want the daughter to be with, sort of thing. It's her yeah. ex boyfriend, isn't it? Yeah. It's sort of a very unhealthy relationship for ex. An awful, an awful situation to be yeah. in for that is one of the most, gay lord. That is one of the most cringe inducing films I can think of. Meet the parents. Really? 
Yeah, I like, I like it. I think this is the No, I, no, I love it, but it, it, I don't think I, I squirm when I watch it. Literally it's, squirm. I, I think it's just Ben Stiller's style, though, isn't it? Because I, I, there's something about Mary is very cringy as well. Yeah, he's it, just quite good at being a cringy character. I think it's good it's at mainly him yeah, that's causing the cringe in these films when you think back to him. Yeah, there's just uh, the. He's good at it. <laughs> yeah, there's especially in Meet the Parents is the bit where um, Owen Wilson's character builds like out of wood. Um, I can't think what it's called, but it's like the little thing that they're going to get married in. Yeah, like a little I don't know archway, a little archway yeah. thing, and he accidentally sets it on fire or something. Oh no! I don't know. It's just it's just it's horrible. It's hard series to watch. Series of that, unfortunate that events. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's just hard to watch. He flushes a cat down the toilet at one point. Yeah. Like, is there a dog? I can't remember what it is. But yeah. Um, but the the sort of out of the box one I thought of. I don't know if you have one like this. Is Adam Sandler? Who do you think I'm going to say alongside Adam Sandler? Rob Schneider. No, Steve Buscemi. Whenever oh, yeah. they're in films together, I always, more, but go on. I always really like Steve Buscemi in Adam Sandler films. He's always like the funniest part of Adam Sandler films when he pops up. And yeah. I think they've got a good... Uh, I don't know. Big it's Daddy, so wit- he's the homeless guy. He's the homeless guy, yeah. Big, he's a wedding singer. Grown-ups. Yep, grown-ups. He's the guy with the casts on his arms and yeah. he gets battered when he goes on the zip wire. And oh, he's always the, one of the funniest parts of it. And I think Adam Sandler gives him that platform, basically, to do it. It's weird that... Steve Buscemi's in Adam Sandler films, really. Yeah, um, I don't know I, how that happened. We've talked about this before. I like Adam Sandler. He's a he's a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah, he's someone I probably shouldn't like, um, but I do really like him. It's funny that you like him. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't think you would. I don't like Will Ferrell and Jack Black and all them. But when you doing all this, I, I, when he's doing all these silly voices, I thought you'd tune out. Mm. You'd be like, Billy Madison. I'm not fond. The, what's the one where he's like quite childlike in it? Yeah, Billy Madison, yeah, has a funny like voice. and little Nicky as well. Yeah, I don't like very that one. Daft but Big Daddy is great. Fifty First Dates, um, yeah, Happy Gilmore, I wedding like all those sort of things. Um, wedding singer, yeah. I even like um, just go with it. There, I said yeah, it. just go with it. Um, grown ups, not so much, but <laughs> and I just like go with it. In, all right, I like him in. Yeah, grown ups is okay. It's an easy watch, isn't it? You could, I could drop off watching that. Yeah. Um, same with Click. That's, yeah. that's Click's actually one of the saddest endings. <laughs> have you seen Click? I have, but I don't remember the ending. What, it's heartbreaking. What? He, he, well, he has this button, doesn't he? That it, it, sorry, this remote that you can forward and rewind and pause time and stuff. Yeah. And in the end, it starts sort of um, going too quick. It's well, it's sort of. I think he skips an argument one day with his wife, sort of thing. And then every time he starts an argument with his wife, it skips it. And then it starts happening with everything. So in the end, yeah. it basically fast forwards his whole life, sort of thing. Oh, God. Um, and he's sort of absent in it. So every time that it's being forwarded, he's still there, but he's just absent in it, if you know what I mean. Like the lights yeah. are on, but no one's home, sort of thing. And there's this yeah. whole scene of his, his dad dying. I think it's, it's Martin Sheen, his dad. And his dad's dying in it, and he just doesn't care. He's just like really cold to his dad and stuff like that. It's just really, oh, really sad. It's really, yeah. I don't remember um, that. Surely he fixes it in the end. I can't remember. God, if it ends like that. The scene though, I'm surprised I, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah, the scene though, I think it's, it's in, in the pouring rain. I think his dad's dying. I'm not sure. But anyway. Drowned. Flashbacks to Uncle Ben. Is oh. that in the rain? That's right. Got any honourable mentions? Um, uh, you've mentioned most of them. Um, Kristen, Sorry. Stu- Kristen Stewart and Jesse Eisenberg, did you say that one? No, I didn't. They're both in Cafe Society, American Ultra and Adventureland. So there you go. Blake Lively's in Cafe Society as well. Seth Rogen, James Franco, we mentioned them. 
one's cancelled. Yeah. Um, one Seth Rogen. Yeah. Um, have you seen American Pickle yet? No, That's I don't okay. think I will. Just an easy one. And then the classic, maybe the OGs, Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. Um, used to watch a lot of Laurel and Hardy as a, as a boy. Did uh, you? Yeah, my dad was a big fan, so um, I think we got in the box set one Christmas and used to watch a lot of it. And then now and again, I watch it now. Um, I quite I quite like them. Fair um, well, there's also Abbott and Costello, isn't there? That's in that sort of mould. I think yeah. when I was looking into doing a bit of research, they appear in the most films as a duo together, Abbott and Costello. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Out of anyone. I mean, what? with Laurel Hardy, most of them were like shorts and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, they definitely should get a mention. Um, and the biopic about them is, is quite good um, with Steve Coogan and John C. Riley. Well cast. Yeah, I haven't seen that. Yeah, he does look like um, Hardy, doesn't he? Oliver Hardy. Yeah. Um, I don't no, like him. That's worth a watch, that film. It's quite insightful learning about them. Well, yet another nice mess you've gotten me into. We haven't got a top three yet for next week, obviously, because we do, none of us have seen The Apartment. Yeah, because we've not watched it. We don't really know what, what to do a top three about. So we'll watch it and then probably, I don't know, put a little tweet up about what the top three is going to be, maybe before releasing it. Who knows? Yeah, sound. <laughs> All right, see you later, everyone. It's been a pleasure. Bye. It's been a Donald Pleasance.